0: I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valin or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast.
1: Every woman's fears are her own property. And that is from page 336 of The Great Hunt, which we are reading right now. And it's just an amazing line. Thank you, Shariam. I know. It's a really,
0: really good line. There's a lot of actually really great lines in the, in the section we read today. Um, but... As usual, first, we are rereading the books in advance of the TV show adaptation's release, talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite moments, and digging into all things Wheel of Time. Um, Oh, we have have some pre-discussion notes. We
1: have some (laughs) extremely important pre-discussion notes. I did not look at them. (laughs) That's okay, because I know you've already seen both of them. The first one, which I will link to because we didn't make this up or hallucinate it, is that Wheel of Time on Prime (gasps) shouted us out on Twitter. Somebody asked them, uh, another Wheel of Time podcast asked them which ones they're listening to, uh, and they said... That they were listening to The Wheel Reads, to Talk Aran Riyad, to Taishar Menetharin and to Tar Ballon Orpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's our podcast. It's very exciting. We are extremely <laughs> excited and humbled and grateful and freaking out about it.
0: Yep. Definitely For not sure. huge nerds.
1: Nope, it's like it's like three weeks later. I'm still freaking out about it. I
0: know it was still. It does feel like it was like forever ago, but it's still really exciting. um and then the second. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I just want to say, if you came to this show because of that tweet, like hello and thank you for joining us. Hi, we're very happy you're here. Yeah.
0: Um, So, the scoop that Amritada Patel's role has been revealed, which is very exciting because he's playing Ingtar. Amazing. Like, first of all, I'm super psyched that there are so many South Asian people on this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like it wasn't, you know, it's. So, this year, I'm so sorry, I'm about to say this. This year is the 20th <laughs> anniversary of the Fellowship of the Ring coming out in oh, theaters. Really? But we all remember that story about how they were like, uh, "Brown people can't can't be hobbits." So very, very, very excited to see some awesome like brown faces on screen. I think it's really it's gonna be really great. Side yeah, note to I mean- say, I do I do really love the Fellowship of the Ring
1: obviously i I sort of love the promo photo that they used for this because he's like staring very intently at the camera with a furrowed brow um and i was just like oh yeah i can see like that intensity level for ingtar for sure yes i'm i'm very because it's so funny because i feel like ingtar in
0: the first book in the eye of the world is written Very differently than Ingtar in The Great Hunt. Like, in the, in the, I remember thinking in The Eye of the World, he feels so young. He feels like this, like, I need to prove myself. Like, I'm, I'm frustrated that I can't go full, like, prove myself. And then in The Great Hunt, he's so kind of commanding and, and knowledgeable and a source of, um, I guess, like, someone you can trust, clearly, for all of our, our main kids. So it was, it's interesting. Like, I feel like I'm going to be interested to see what kind of energy he brings to the
1: role in the first season. Yeah, yeah, same, same. It is super interesting. Uh, okay, all right. So those are, those are all of our very important pre-discussion notes. Uh, so now we're gonna talk about chapters nineteen through twenty-six. Oh my goodness! I liked this section again. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a
0: really like fun section, and and again, I think it's because we're with people we care about. <laughs> In the midst of stories, <laughs> can you tell that I hold a grudge? <laughs>
1: I'm sure we'll get to see Bell Doman again before too long. Uh-huh. Um,
0: <laughs> and, I, and I will eventually start to care about him.
1: Yeah, but no, you're not wrong in that we have not been given enough of him to care about him to the extent that warrants switching a POV at that moment. Yes. In that development. Like, that is just. Yeah, it was an ill timed POV switch, it, for sure. It, it was such a straight. And- and a, a hiccup in what is otherwise usually
0: like a very strong yeah. sense of when to switch and where to switch, like yep. where it feels very like it 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 leaves you wanting to continue in a way that books should, you know, that mm-hmm. stories should. It it's it's still so weird. Like I wish <laughs> that I could like have the
1: conversation to be like why? Right especially because okay so now we're you know 20 some more chapters in and we haven't heard anything more about it like if it was that important that you had to put it in the opening chapters of the book like why don't we why are we hearing nothing more about it at this point it's so strange very strange I do remember
0: like when I first read these books when I was like high school um making those jokes right of like somebody you spent a like two sentences on is gonna come back in like four books, and they're gonna be really important. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's a little bit in the back of my head, and we see a little bit of an example of that here, actually, in this section, um, which we'll get to. But so, yeah. all right, so let's—I guess let's just like kick off how we usually do. Let's um, do it, and we kind of start back with Rand. You know, after getting this like brief moment with the Nave and Egwene getting to the White Tower, we go back to Rand and i freaking love this chapter like oh i feel God. like
1: i it's like what <laughs> why <laughs> it, it's really this chapter was again like one of the most stressful reading experiences of my life so i mean we'll get to why but but I, so okay, so he yes, he is with uh, who is he with? Celine and Celine, <laughs> fucking Celine and Loyal, and they're like trying to figure out what the hell they're gonna do about um, the Horn of Valir because they have, they have it. No, they and don't I, have
0: it. No, 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 no. They don't. In this chapter, they don't have it yet. So first, they're looking for either the trail that
1: hurin found oh right sorry i got confused because i was relooking at the thing and she's like selena's like messing around with his luggage she's like digging around yeah it's in his bags it's super suspicious it's very
0: weird like so it kicks off where they're still kind of like trying to find this this trail that hurin had sensed in like the other land yeah yeah. um and there's this like aside you know rand is kind of like what do i do like do should we should we stay here should we keep waiting like they're they're kind of like in the midst of this like do we wait for ingtar do we try to find people on our own and there's this line where it's like you know every time he was like trying to figure out what they should do next selene talked of the horn of valir and touched his arm and looked into his eyes and before he knew it he had agreed to yet another day you know, before they went on and and you immediately get this sense of manipulation and yeah.
1: like he <laughs> not great <laughs> Yeah. And then she's right, and then Rand like wakes up to find her like rummaging around in his saddlebags and she makes some ridiculous excuse that she's like needs new clothes yeah, or it's, something.
0: <laughs> it's all very weird and there's this great like I, I you know, you said this chapter was Stressful in it, and it was very, very stressful. But I, there are, I feel like Jordan is really good at giving us different versions of suspense,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Like you've got Celine through these chapters where there are hints that something is awry. Like when mm-hmm. Rand is like, the next time Egwene sees me, she'll probably try to gentle me because she's being an to die. And you're like, in what world? Like that that character that we know and that rand knows has been on his side the entire time Mm -hmm. like knowing what she knows about him she would never so like that feels like a clue the way that Celine manipulates him like she's going through his stuff she's puts on his shirt like yeah, she, she like, she's like, like
1: naked basically in front of him. yeah she's
0: like weirdly trying to seduce him in this very strange way which rand is like <laughs> you know <Poor> buddy. <laughs> and she puts his shirt on and it's like a really weird scene um and you know that like something is wrong and you feel it but you can't quite Put your finger on like what it is. It's like yeah. you're just like discomfited by everything, right? Yeah, so there's like yeah. that line of stress where she's like playing this role, you know. When she says, "Remember the glory," as he as as like Hurin has told him that he saw a fire, right? Like, and Rand is trying to decide. Like, first he says, "No, we should just wait for Inktar. Like, there's three of us. This would this would be stupid. To go right. after Fane if it's Fane. Right. And you can see Celine pulling his strings in a really mm-hmm. uncomfortable way, in a very slow burn kind of suspense way, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. No, it's really well done. And so, yeah, so they decide that Rand and Loyal are going to go sneak over to this, like, fire that they're pretty sure it's fame they're not a hundred percent sure but they're pretty sure um and to see if it is the dark friends and then and
0: they get there yeah and it's like this is the other kind of suspense another like another layer of suspense that jordan brings to it which are these like really short staccato sentences that just every short sentence gives you like a little bit more information but you're learning the information as Rand is learning the information. And it's like your, your heartbeat is like rising, right? Mm-hmm. Like first it's the lumps are sleeping trollocs, not land. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then it's like huh, the dagger is there and, and there's a chest there. And then this line where it's like they like kind of see all of this. And then not 10 paces away, a tall bulky shadow and, and, uh, and snouted. Rand's breath caught a trolloc. It lifted its snout as a sniffing, some of them hunted by scent, And you're like,
1: a hundred percent. And like it's his so void is out.
0: wavering. It's like so, yeah. so stressful. Yeah. So yeah. like the pairing of those two different like suspense tactics in this one chapter. Right. And then this whole sequence with the Trollocs parallels that first mm-hmm. Um fight with Trollocs in book one yeah. in a really nice way because this time Rand sort of gives in to whatever is happening in his brain.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think, so it's the void, right? Like he's talking about the void because it's not, we know he's not channeling because he says at some point that mm-hmm. like Satan is there, but he's not going to touch it. Um, but the void definitely is like some extra thing. Uh, and he Yeah he like They, they he, fucking steal He like sneaks into the he, he sneaks in and like
0: the paralleling is so great Because you have like this first one With the farm where it's it's survival Right his, yeah. his whole goal Is to get back to the farm when he's crawling on his Belly and the grass and it's all mm-hmm. about Like this is how they will survive They cannot survive if he can't get stuff From inside the house this time it Feels like hubris yeah, he doesn't have to do it right then, right. but he does it because he thinks of Celine waiting on the mountain. He like feels like the the energy of the void, and he moves forward through all these freaking trollocs. I know to get to the dagger and the horn and yep. Loyal who is the best friend in the world, in the world. follows him. <laughs>
1: Because Rand can't pick up the chest on his own because it's too fucking heavy. So Loyal has to, like, heave it. They're in the middle of camp. They're surrounded, <laughs> surrounded. by Trollocs. Bane is sleeping, like, inches away. It's so it's terrifying. Insane.
0: And oh then, of God. course, like, someone wakes up and there's this really interestingly written battle sequence in which Rand give like... It's, it's like... I really like the lyrical way in which Jordan writes it right you know he danced among them to the song of Satan and he's like like just overpowering all these Trollocs and killing them but you're you're again you're seeing that something is off like when he says he stares at all the dead bodies around him and he says better to be dead he murmured and you're like something is very very wrong. Yeah. And the I think I'm going mad and like all these like little clues of that we've been seeing but they're getting more aggressive.
1: Yeah. And it yeah. all
0: lends itself to the intensity and stress of this chapter.
1: Yeah. And I do think I think we have conclusively proven in this because at the end we hear from Padden Fain, um, who like he we know that fane can trace rand sometimes but not all the time right and it and we know that rand was in the void for that entire mm-hmm. expedition so it seems pretty clear to me that rand being in the void somehow blocks Pat and fane's ability to track him. oh that's interesting yeah
0: that's interesting because i hadn't and thought of, course, of that
1: yeah and of course he's fucking furious because he's like he's like He needs that dagger in the same way that Matt does, I think. It was. And the (laughs) horn is gone. It was, I was a little like, why wouldn't Fane keep the
0: dagger on him? Well, we see him put it like that in a previous. I know. But it was, it's just like, it's like one of those things where you're like, "Mm, yeah, but why though? You know, (laughs) it's like just a, a little, a little like, not, it's not that big of a deal. Ooh, Yeah. Sorry. Could you hear that? Mm -mm. okay good it's it's storming very very badly here and so like the thunder is like wild it's but it's it's appropriate i think yeah um i also really like that in this chapter Celine is not this like heavy-handed sort of thing like it's not like you're like god rand you're so stupid for trusting her you know what i mean like you're not that
1: is exactly what i'm like that's what you
0: feel like i don't feel like that at all i feel like i can totally understand why he would be reacting the way he's acting because he's never like yes I will follow you it's always hesitant and it's always he has another idea first and it's always him like trying to not do it but then she just twists the right words or like like, manipulates him in the right way and you're like all right you're 20 like you're not you know what I mean like you're not it's like when you're reading YA it's like you're not gonna get mad at kids for being kids
1: I mean, you can. You can,
0: but like, you're not gonna be like, ugh, like I would just do this. Like, no, duh. No, like, I'm no, an adult.
1: you It's right. no, understandable. It's certainly understandable. He just seems uh, like and, scared and, the fact and that young. He is holding out so well is is a testament to his mule headedness,
0: right? Even in the like the beginning of the next chapter, which is called Satan you know what do we think could happen here I know she like tries to push him of like I want to she he lets her see the horn initially when they get it and she tries to push him to see it again and Rand stands up to her he's like no yeah no like we're not we're not doing that like the daggers in there I'm not gonna let my friend die you know I'm not gonna do it um and then there's that that great moment where he's like are you sure you're not eyes to die I
1: know I love that he's he is questioning her. And she gets so mad. It's delightful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she talks him into taking the horn. This is the part that I have a lot of trouble with. It's like, rather than, I mean, I guess I can understand it from a certain perspective, but, like, rather than trying to go meet up with Ingtar and Matt, they're like, I guess we'll take the dagger to carry it and Ingtar will meet us there. But why would Ingtar know to go there? Well, they don't know where they are, Right. They don't know exactly where they are. And I,
0: this is one, which I don't usually pay attention to maps in fantasy books. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not a map person. I have a hard time, like, thinking of the map in my head. But I did look at the map several times during this section to be right. like, okay, Carian is where? <laughs> and Tarvalin is where? And
1: Arafel yeah. is where? <laughs> right. It's so true. Yeah, it's real confusing. I mean, I think that, I guess the broader point is just that, like, Celine really wants them to go to carrion and, and eventually he comes around because he's like, well, we're now being chased by dark friends mm-hmm. and Pat and Fane, so, like, we need to be somewhere safer than out in the middle of the nowhere, yeah. you know, lands, waiting around to see if we can find Ingtar and Matt. So, like, but I'm like, oh, uh, like, I don't know how he expects, he just is like, and then they'll- then we'll all meet up there, and it's like, how, how will they know how to find him? Yeah, like, I... <sighs> It, it's a little strange it's
0: like a little well, although they do have Huron right so Huron could potentially like sniff
1: people out yeah but but Ingtar doesn't have Huron no. is what I'm saying right like so how oh yeah, will yeah 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 know yeah. Where yeah they are like I don't... It's, it's where just... are they going like what was they're
0: going to ilion right although no, they're well, just chasing to to they're it. supposed to go to ilion after they chase after
1: they get the horn oh well okay, but no, so but here's there's... But they are supposed to take the whole thing to tar for Matt.
0: This is like, it's like, there's so much <laughs>
1: happening. <laughs> I'm
0: like, okay. So the goal of Ingtar and everybody was to follow Fane yeah. to get the horn and dagger back, right? So yeah. now that Rand has the dagger and he goes to Cairhien, he knows Fane is going to follow him. And he knows Ingtar will be following Fane. Fame. But
1: he doesn't know that Ingtar can follow fame because he has He Hirin. has Hirin. He doesn't know that Perrin has an undiscovered talent. No,
0: but I think why would their
1: their goal would still be
0: the same regardless of whether Hirin is there or not, right? Yeah.
1: That's fair. I mean it's just it's like, it was just like a weird. I was like It is why a weird. Is he yes. so confident that like they'll all just meet up in Carrion. Like why is that a thing that he thinks is so obvious? To everyone? You can include a chapter
0: on Bail Doman, but you can't include <laughs> a sentence about why Rand wants to go carrion. I bet that like there's something we both there's a sentence we both it. missed and somebody's going to be like this is why. Okay,
1: but so let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about Rand's experience with the giant Oh my god. This whole in this
0: chapter I have to say this this. This is not my favorite part. Like this was the part where I was like you're – this is like – the part with the Trollocs worked really well for me because it was like heightened and it was, you know, so – like it felt very natural to me that Rand in this heightened emotive state would do this. Here, (laughs) I was like what's happening? (laughs)
1: Yeah, they're just like they're they're on their way into the gates. They come across this like construction project. There are a bunch of people are unearthing a giant statue of a man holding a crystal sphere in his hand. And like Rand starts having this like weird moment with the sphere and the statue. And Celine freaks out, which to yes. me is a clear indicator that she knows that... I I mean, I think we already knew that she knows he can channel because she knows how those mm-hmm. portal stones work. And so, like, what else does she think happened? Yeah. Um, but this makes it super clear. But the thing that I... So, like, yeah, this is just, like, a weird moment. But what I thought was so interesting was on page 305, where he's, like, people are trying to talk to him and he's trying to, like, resist this whole weird thing that's happening to him. And he starts saying the words that loyal said to him yes when they first met each other at the inn in camelin and he doesn't know what he's saying or why
0: yeah it's very it's it's a really eerie moment that admittedly does work as much as i don't love this moment (laughs) in, in the chapter um it does work and it it's a great moment also for us to see that Celine is not as in control as she thinks she is or Mm -hmm. as she is like kind of exhibited throughout the past few chapters um because clearly there's something greater at work that no one has control over
1: perhaps the pattern (laughs) maybe (laughs) yeah but it is like a weird little interlude it's like a random random little chapter there
0: it is it's very strange and then they end up in this village at this inn called the nine rings
1: and Rand has his triumphant return to the flute that made me yeah, so happy that was really, well no
0: that's a little that's a little bit later because first they get to this village they get to the inn um Celine admits how terrified she was and yeah. Rand pushes back against her once again to say the horn is not mine I'm not doing it um and then they get to the chapter with that is actually in the Nine Rings, which is also like a really strange space, it feels yeah. like, which we learn afterwards, like what's going on. But they get into this this inn and there's like a bunch of soldiers there and you don't really know what's going on. Or like, I was like, why is Rand telling everybody his real name?
1: I know. Like, did you learn nothing? Yes, he has in truly learned nothing. Well, um, <laughs> you spent the entire
0: time with Matt on the run because a Fade was chasing you. Now you have a literal, like, army of Trollocs, dark right. friends, and Fane pain, pain chasing you, and you're not going to use a pseudonym? Like, what, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, and Celine's being all shady. She's like, she doesn't want to talk to anybody. She doesn't want anybody to look at her. She, like, goes and hides in her room at some point because people are, like, asking her totally normal questions. It's so
0: so strange um and yeah then and the flute again again back. everybody thinks that rand is a lord yep well he's wearing that very
1: fancy coat yeah he's wearing a fancy coat that's all it takes that's all it <laughs> takes in this world is to be wearing a you have fancy to be coat. like
0: six five <laughs> yeah and wearing a really nice
1: velvet <laughs> embroidered coat <laughs> uh and there's this whole like complicated confusion about like and this is where this is where we get into a, yet another thing I don't love about these books the Das Mar, the game of Ugh, I, hate it, I forgot I about hate it. it I, I hate, hate it.
0: it so much the yeah. minute literally when they said like uh the great game or whatever yeah. I was like uh I yeah. forgot about this and I forgot how oh, annoying everybody is. It's
1: so annoying because they're all just running around like crazy the whole time trying to like second guess each other and like winkle information out of each other. And nobody is ever behaving in a way that makes rational sense. And it drives me bonkers. Yeah, it's super annoying.
0: Um, we also have this great moment with Celine where somebody, the the innkeeper asks her her name, the woman and... Before Celine can answer, a girl like drops a lamp, and there's a minor fire. Yeah. And you're like, "Well, that feels suspicious."
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's like real. Mm 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 mm. Yeah, so everything is bizarre in this inn, and then Rand plays the flute, and everybody's like shocked and appalled because he's a lord, and lords don't play the flute. But also, they're very happy because they get no entertainment <laughs> otherwise. So you know <laughs> that. There's like a yeah. whole new like
0: regional song that is sung. Yeah. And so they they have, you know, Celine gets her own room. They stay one night at this inn. This guard or this captain kind of is like, "I'm going to send 50 men with you. Is that yeah. fine? I assume it's fine." And Heron's like, "It's the great game." And you're like, "What is yeah. happening?" Yep. Like what? Celine leaves. Yeah, She just she like just
1: pieces out in the middle of the night. <laughs>
0: It's so strange. They realize that she must have been able to sneak back like past all these guards who were like watching the inn in case Rand left. Uh, and the chapter ends with like an excellent like nothing is happening the way I expect. <laughs> yeah, so and Rand's like super Eeyore, but then we get I okay, I love chapter twenty two. I love yeah. there's 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 a part of it that I don't like at all. But I love how humanizing it is for Moiraine and yeah. Lan.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about this chapter as well. Right. There's like because the, uh, I think we're she, both gonna be mad about the same
1: thing. Yeah. She like she's so okay. So where are they? So they're in this like tiny. They're in RFL. Yeah, they're in RFL. <laughs> right, wherever the hell that is. It's and it's she's very like, north. <laughs> She's looking for information about, you know, the prophecies and whatnot and it's these two sisters who are like old Aes Sedai and they have all these documents and libraries and so that's where she is. And she starts it basically seems like she starts like fucking with Lan.
0: But specifically to like I like, I have issues with the like consent stuff of like oh, yeah. right? <laughs> like I think it's super fucked. It's not okay. It's it's
1: the warder, I said, I bond. We finally understand more about how it works in this chapter, and it's super messed up. Yeah,
0: power structure not great. Like mm-hmm. I don't even care that it's like subverting the traditional power structure. I just, I it's ugly business. And yeah, I it at first you're on land side, obviously, like still on land side even after the fact. But at first you're like furious. Yeah, and even if her reasons for you know she says she's she's arranged that should she die his warder bond will be passed along to another Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. uh, so that he won't kill himself or go back to, like, fighting some aimless, you know, piece of the war in the borderlands or whatever. And, like, fine, you don't want land to die. That is not – you don't get to take control of that without his consent. Yeah. So, like, yeah, she's needling him because of these cracks. But I did – I do like the conversation they have a lot, like a lot, only because, like I said, it humanizes them both as characters yeah. in a really wonderful way of being, because they've been thus far like very on the same page, very much yeah. a team, very much representative of a, a like a very strong partnership, right? Yeah, like a united front. Like a yes, thank you. A very united front, and here we kind of see that no, there are cracks and i love the moment that he's waiting for her to ask what he expects her to ask about naneve yeah. and instead she asks about rand but even yeah. that is a very like calculated move to mm-hmm. push him off balance again right like yeah it's these two like completely unassailable characters thus far who you see are terrifyingly fallible
1: yeah yeah oh. It's so good. It's real good. It is real good. You also, this is clearly the point at which, like, a new spring gets its, you know, uh, moment from. um, You get a little bit of, like, a sneak preview of that. Uh, And, yeah, you do. You get really into Moiraine's, like, why she's doing this and what her plans are and how frustrated she is that, like, things are not going according to her plan. Mm Mm-hmm. And and yeah. kind of, you know, it's a very telling
0: line that this other Aes Sedai says to her of like, you blues willing to throw your life away for the battle, right? And yeah. that's Moiraine to a T of like, nothing matters. But not uh-huh. everyone can be that, including Lan, as right. she, as, and that's where her anxiety is coming from with yeah. Lan. And I think that's what it is, is like we're seeing both of their anxieties in a very real way. You yeah. know, she she didn't ask about Ninave, but she fully recognizes what has happened with Ninave coming into yeah. Lan's life as like someone who could alter him and <clears throat> and change him. And you know, she sends she kind of pushes Lan away in a really sad sad sort yeah. of way. Um and then starts to ask Vandine or Von, I don't Vandine, I don't know how to say her name, um all these questions about trying to find a connection between Toman Head uh the Horn of Valier and the mm-hmm. Dragon Prophecies which was yeah. a very interesting section I thought.
1: It was. It was. I, I I'm here for lore. I'm always here for lore. Mhm.
0: And, and then well no, she brings up oh. I want to note that she brings up landfear specifically of the forsaken, oh. right? Like that's a great moment where she doesn't ask about any of the forsaken we've seen so far. Right but only about Lanfear, who is called the Daughter of the Night. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And that, and we know that Lanfear was linked to Luz Theron. And this is a really wonderful like, example of Aes Sedai lying without lying, I thought, when she asks yeah. her straight up, like, is the dragon reborn? And she asks a question in return and then is like, the Amberlin knows what I know.
1: Right. All true. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't say anything that's not true, but it's also not answering the question Mm mm-hmm
0: and so then yes this is okay this is the third aspect of suspense and stress that I think Jordan brings to it so we've gotten this like really slow burn suspense that you you are discomfited by you've got the like intense suspense that happens through these like really short sentence structures and this one is like so slow and smooth you like barely understand it's happening as it's happening which is exactly what Moiraine is going through
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So she goes into the garden and she's walking around and all of a sudden there is a drag car trying to kill her. And and it's so like, it's so, he, he does it so matter of
0: factly, like in such simple terms and such like non, uh, like nothing feels like a, like a chaotic or, or heightened. It's all very like the prose doesn't change the like length of sentence doesn't change it's it's all in there in the same way and so when you have like your it took i it like took me a second i like read it and then i was like wait and i had to start the paragraph over again and then there's that line which i love so much of like and lips with the color of blood curved into a travesty of a smile there's like just so much really great language in this that you almost don't even realize what's happening yeah yeah
1: yeah so then the warders thankfully, are nearby, and they come to her rescue because otherwise she was dead, like mm-hmm. she hundred percent was gonna die. Yes. Uh, and, and it's like this big mystery. It's like, why is there a drag car here? Dun, dun, dun. right now. Why?
0: <laughs> but the the big reveal is that the drag car was warded, meaning mm, the black right. Aja is involved. Ugh. I know it's so good.
1: So good. It's so good.
0: And so she and Lan make ready to leave RFL. Yep.
1: Oh, oh and then it's, this... Oh, this is so good! <laughs> this chapter... I, my entire notes for this whole chapter are two words. Poor Nynaeve. I know! <laughs> I know, but I love everything
0: about this oh, chapter. Yeah. Like, It's amazing. It's so... First of all, I love... <sighs> I love Nenev kind of coming back to the character after that brief weirdness in the boat that I did not care for.
1: (laughs) The character assassination. The
0: character assassination of Nenev. I love that coming back to who I think she is, which is this, like, stubborn, I will succeed, I will succeed despite what you throw at me kind of character.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Like, I love the moment where Sheriam is bringing her to the things and she's like it's terra and grill
1: <laughs> the name's like i don't fucking know what that means <laughs> I, know. I know it's so great she just keeps asking all these questions she's like and because sure Shir- was like well this is how it is and she's like okay but why like what is gonna happen what are you doing and she's like uh like i guess if you were had been a novice you would already know all this stuff i guess i'll like explain this to you or whatever <laughs> i so know and then like the name like i love the Was like okay so i just Walk through one and the other,
0: and it's got right. such big, like what? Like it's hard. Why, yeah, like it's hard? <laughs>
1: like <laughs>
0: Elle Woods taking the bar oh, exam. Like... <laughs> it's
1: so good. <laughs> and and then she proceeds. I mean, like we could get. I think we could probably spend an hour just on her visions alone, which are oh my so gosh. messed up and scary and like intense. Um, but I love the part where she channels in oh, them. Yes. And and they're like, uh, you're not even supposed to remember that you're able to do that. Like, yes. probably don't do that. And she does it not once, but twice. Twice. Two times. And, Two times. And the way the
0: visions, like, of course, so it's what, what once was, what is, and what will be, right? And yeah. so, obviously, it's like something that you are anxious about in your past, which is the forsaken coming after her, which I do want to spend a very brief moment talking about the the nudity that happens in this chapter because oh, yeah. I kind of really appreciate how it's handled and that mm. it's not it doesn't feel salacious. It doesn't feel it doesn't even feel like it's supposed to to make her feel less than. Mm. It it in the chapter where she's worried about the force, I, agnor, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's agnor.
0: Um there are hints of what he will do, but it's, she is not, she she is embarrassed by the fact that she's naked, which I thought right. was a really funny line. But she's not, like, she's going to protect herself. Yeah. You know, like, it it never, like, there's no, like, weird descriptions of her body. Yeah, yeah. But the other side of that is the way Celine's body is talked about mm-hmm. which is very different and mm-hmm. and does feel very salacious in a way that I don't like and yeah. and I think could be painted as misogynistic uh-huh. in the way that we discuss who is good and who is not good and what yeah. traits they exhibit so Oh yeah 100%. Right? Like it it was really not great paralleling even though I pr- appreciated the way it was handled specifically for Nave outside of that yeah. context,
1: right? Well, it is. It's like it's trying to draw this potentially. It's leaning into it anyway this dichotomy of like you're either the good girl or you're the bad right. girl. And if you're the bad girl, you are a sexual object. And if you're a good girl, you're not. And like that's mm-hmm. just yes, exactly. Garbage. So, <sighs> but yeah. So so yeah. So Agnor is chasing her through a maze. It's freaking terrifying. The whole thing is a nightmare um and she defeats him yes and like uses the power and then the present one is she's backing into this one broke my heart oh my it gosh because
0: it's my heart it's
1: about community and responsibility
0: yeah. and and what she feels responsible for and abandoning her post right to yeah participate in in these other aspects and we don't know if it's happening we don't no. you know they make the point of like it the sharium is like i don't think it's true it right. felt very much like in um again Lord of the Rings when uh Frodo has the vision of what's happening oh, and yeah. uh the Shire, right? And right, how it's like what it's... could be Although we do learn to know that that happened, right? That yeah. they come and they, you know, set the Shire on fire essentially. So hopefully I, I don't remember. I legitimately do not remember if this is real or not, but I like that Neneve's fears because that's what these do is make you face your greatest fears or, like, not being able to protect yourself with no power whatsoever, like, being powerless, Mm -hmm. not being able to protect your community. Yeah. And then the last one is having to give up what you secretly, desperately want.
1: Oh, such a heartbreaker. Oh, my gosh. this vision of, like, her and Lan in the future, and they're married, and they have kids, and he, like, loves her, and they're happy together, and it's just a war. It's, It's like having to
0: reject self care almost. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's yeah. having to reject a safe and comfortable and loving future. Yeah. To be a part of the Aes Sedai. And she channels because she she misses her opportunity. She right. lets she lets the arch disappear and she channels to bring it back. And she thinks yeah. of she has to like basically pierce herself. Like she she thinks of the flower with the thorns and she comes out and she has thorns in her hand which there's symbolism there I don't want to get into yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: right (laughs) but it is this like intensely wonderful chapter about Neneve where it's like how could you not care about this person
1: right she's so like you just get such it's like you said you get such a strong sense of her values and what she cares about and what's important to her and like why she's doing everything that she's doing is always like everything that leads her back out of the arch is like the boys any mm-hmm. queen like I have to go but back also to them. Can't leave them
0: we do have to talk about how her anger is so misguided against yeah. Moiraine right it's yeah. so it is this one piece of it that I'm like you are selling this character short yeah. by having her impetus be Moiraine instead of the dark one <laughs>
1: Well, I think I mean to me it sort of like makes sense just because, like they've all had their lives completely upended. Sure, like everything they know is you know wrong in certain ways. Yes, and and like it is a traumatizing experience at the to say the yes. least. Um, and like I know that it's like you know don't shoot the messenger like Moiraine is the messenger and like exactly I can, I can sort of understand what, how she would fixate on her but I think the length of time at which she with which like that like it makes sense at the beginning right like, that's keep my keep point going.
0: yeah is that yeah. the fact that it's like still her driving force to yeah. me is a, a weakness in the characterization yeah. because it it is one of those things where it makes her seem stupid right.
1: in a way that I don't
0: think she is and, and yeah. doesn't exhibit that in any other facet. Like, right. like sure. it, it exhibits an inability to recognize the facts as they are mm-hmm. and unwillingness to change. And yeah. that's, there's a difference between being stubborn and being like deliberately ignorant yeah right and this feels like the latter and that's yeah. where it
1: gets frustrating because every other part of it's so good I know I know it's so good it's so good and then the next chapter which cracked me uh, up I think it's like classic like teen sitcom right? shit right here Can we talk about <laughs> I laughed so hard so Egwene and Elaine finally
0: meet and they're both like uh novices and they're they're like kind of commiserating about how irritating the Aes Sedai are with all their rules and how you're gonna get in trouble and whatever and like Min is there so they go to meet up with Min who had who has these visions and she she has a few visions for uh, Elaine who says she'll have to share her husband with two other women <laughs> and um, a severed hand and for Egwene she just sees like a white flame and, and nobody knows what any of these means and that's all yeah. great and then implications sure. or whatever but let's talk about the best scene <laughs> in which <laughs> it's so hilariously like late 90s early 2000s yes. teen movie like it's 100%. so freaking funny that these three girls come outside and see these boys shirtless in the courtyard practicing so
1: swords you can't even talk it's so good it's so good yeah so they so they're wandering around the gardens and like around the corner here's Gawain <laughs> and galad and they don't have any shirts on and they're both really hot and sweaty and like everybody loses their ability to like <laughs> be a human being <laughs> like Egwene literally is like not
0: like like she's so <laughs> undone that she doesn't realize galad is introducing himself and holding <laughs> her hand and galad
1: is like could I, you want to go for a walk later? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Do I know. you want to go study? I love so everything steady. about it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's so good. I also, I have got to point out how sharp Gawain is in this situation. Yes, yes because so good. he drops this comment about Rand being Taverin. He doesn't know. He mm-hmm. doesn't know, but he knows. He I love so it. Freaking sharp.
0: Yeah. He's so he's so smart and he's so I like that he is kind of the more even, even headed yeah. next to Elaine who's like, fuck Gallad. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin's so like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and the
1: girls are like, let's be best friends forever. <laughs> I I know.
0: I love the moment where they're like hugging and laughing and yeah. jumping. And Kevin's like, uh, do you what's happening right now They're like, you wouldn't get it you're a boy <laughs> you're a boy you don't understand and it it feels like so that moment to me I was like what is this, this is like TGIF like a
1: hundred percent this
0: is like Kimmy and DJ Tanner on Full House like yeah. laughing and smiling <laughs> and like Uncle Jesse coming in and being like what's going on and like, you don't get it <laughs> It's
1: amazing but then it's it, amazing. it ends with
0: this great moment of like elaine and Egwene both being like we're gonna be ice to die after like this very weird moment with eleda who yeah. has like yeah. serious red flags going on the worst just, just the worst like raking people over the coals trying to find out more about rand yeah because there is this also there's this through line of Egwene being anxious about who knows what yeah. about Rand which is again antithetical to that thought that Rand has of like uh-huh. Egwene would gentle me like no she wouldn't Yeah, she cares about you so much the Egwene you know would not do that and yeah. here she shows her like you know her, her commitment yeah. to this friendship mm-hmm. and it's just really I just I just really love Egwene <laughs> a lot
1: she's amazing she's wonderful <sighs> and I think- I think we also get the first little Min POV yes. at the end of this chapter. Oh yeah, we do, we do, because Alada
0: is like, I need to talk to you. Did Moraine? Yeah. Did is Moraine the one who like brought you here?
1: Yep. Yeah, and Min is just kind of like trying to like keep everything on the DL. She doesn't want to tell anybody anything. Uh, she only trusts Moraine, which is wise of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then she says. Line where you're like, there's so much foreshadowing here. She's like, I don't want to fall in love with a man I've only met once and a farm boy at that. And you're like, whoa, who's talking about love? Who brought that up?
0: (laughs) I know I starred that line too because you're like, men. Yeah. Keeping it close
1: to the vest. I know oh such a delight and then we go back to Ugh. carrion and more I like, stupid game of houses nonsense i know i don't care about
0: the <laughs> only thing i really care about in like like i like this idea of carrion like not wanting to recognize that the isle war happened like in mm-hmm. this like weird like we don't talk about that war or we pretend we won it. I love this notion of like they use history as propaganda in that way because it feels very real world. (laughs) Indeed. Mm. Um, So I like the kind of like background history we we get because we've been hearing about the Isle War for like almost a book and a half now. and We don't know too much about it. Right, and this we get to see a little bit more that the isle like actually made it into carrion, they like burned their towers down like it was it yeah. was a bad war, right, and so the city is still you know housing all these people who don't want to farm, you know it's not disgust it's it's like it's it's like a city in the midst of trauma, yeah, and that aspect of it I thought was very fascinating, but
1: the I- and the descriptions of the foregate and, like, all of the different people mm-hmm. and the sights and the sounds and the smells, it's super immersive. Um, So, like, everything that happens in the foregate, I was, like, 100% here for. But everything that's, like, the upper crusty nonsense, I just can't even stand it. I know. Uh, the best part, that, the best thing that happens in this
0: chapter is, of yeah. course, that Tom Marilyn's alive and, and 100% and Rand <laughs> sees him and Rand's, like, palpable, like, relief at having an adult in the room
1: is like
0: (laughs) Uh, oh poor dude
1: who's not an eye to die yes yeah which unfortunately so happy i'm so happy it's so everybody's happy
0: (laughs) well so like we got a little bit more about what happened to His leg is hurt he's like working kind of on the dl he does get his instruments back from rand which is really nice and Rand tries really hard to get Tom to come with him he tells him about the horn he he pulls him in whatever way he can and Tom uh, uh, which Tom is working with the information he has so like no fault to him but he thinks they're out of the game and so no he's not he's not going to participate in it anymore like he's like if I said I let you go like you're you're fine. Rand knows that's not true, right? <laughs> and and interestingly, there's a lot of paralleling between Rand and Moiraine in these in this section, between mm. like the straight up, like very deliberate, obviously with the quotes of of things not going as they anticipated and and all right. of that. But they're it's it's kind of like that that meta pattern happening that Jordan is deliberately doing, but R- Rand is asking the same questions of Tom that Moiraine asked of that other Aes Sedai. Right. And Tom starts telling him the the verses, right? Like, right. about what he can expect. And it's it's quite scary because, you know, there's that line about twice marked by the heron, and we know yeah. that Rand has just been branded by the heron.
1: Yep. Oh. <sighs> it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. It's, there's some interesting stuff in these two chapters. Something is up with Loyal. I do not remember why. Me he's neither. So weird, but he is being extremely, he's weird. Being he very doesn't weird. want to leave the inn to go find, like Rand basically has to drag him out of the inn. Mm-hmm. Um, And Loyal just like, no, no. And like, you get the feeling that he doesn't want, like he says he doesn't want to run into any other Ogeir because like he wasn't supposed to leave the mm-hmm. setting and like maybe somebody will, like make him go back. But it seems like there's more than that going on and it's unclear what exactly that's about
0: yeah that. it really does because he says you know i wasn't i haven't told you everything about how i left the yeah.
1: setting and you're like oh what did you do loyal what did you do like what did you do and then we get this like relationship that tom has with this very young woman dina which i always you know and like tom's relationships are only going to get more complicated yep. as books go on like i remember enough to remember that um, And honestly, I think this is the first of the, like, weird age gap relationships we get, but it <sighs> certainly is not going to be the last.
0: Well, even, like, Nenev and Lan have a very, very large age, gra- ga- age gap, yeah. and, like, it's...
1: <sighs> yeah, it's not great. I It's so funny because I, I go back and forth on it. Like, I don't think that it's impossible to have course not. an age gap in which it's a healthy relationship. Sure. Like, of course that's possible. But when it becomes, like... Sort of the norm, and like the woman is always younger than the man, and the man is always in like this position of seniority. It's mm-hmm. very, it's. I mean, it's it's
0: rep. Of, unfortunately, it's represent to, like it's representative of our culture in the way yeah. that like you know, leading actors are allowed to age, whereas right. leading actresses are not. Like, yeah, you right. can it have shows
1: it in so many different ways. Yeah. yeah, so
0: you you see it. That's why it. You can't, I guess decontextualize it out of the culture in which it's being produced Mm -hmm. and so that's a good way to put it yeah it's a piece of a greater discussion like yes on the page in the book outside of that i sure anything can go but when you take it and put it back into the story that it's a part of in the greater construct it it's it's a little uh,
1: yeah a little shaky i don't love it uh, I do love the last line of this last chapter that we read, which is from Tom, and he says, he is out of it. He said aloud, and so I, I know. And you're like, oh, buddy, oh, buddy,
0: you've oh, never been summertime. more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and they, no you know, <laughs> like that's not a spoiler because they're prepping us for it yeah. in terms of like, dina key dina or no it's the other woman uh, Zora Zera. Zira. Zira, so many yeah. names um who is like you always get pulled back into this game and you shouldn't and you're like okay foreshadowing like obviously <laughs> something with this stupid game is gonna involve tom and rand and it's yep. gonna suck yep like i know i'm gonna be mad about it um <laughs> I do very, like, very quickly want to point out one of my favorite weirdest sides where Tom is so mad about people acting out, <laughs> acting out the stories that he tells. Oh, yeah. Like, like orating <laughs> versus acting is one of yes. the, like, funniest things. to I'm like, oh, Tom, you're such a traditionalist.
1: He's a purist. <laughs> it's amazing. It it's, is amazing. It is. It's just this, like, great, like,
0: like kind of like D level plot that Jordan has going yeah. on in terms of like a conversation about performance and story and narrative yeah. and like you know all these pieces where Rand plays the flute and people sing lyrics he doesn't know down to like Tom being like there is one way to tell a story and you have to do it right. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: it's so true. It's so, so meta. Good.
0: It's there, yeah. There's like a there's a it, it feels like Jordan in his way and and at the time these books were published was trying to be quite subversive in the way that he portrayed, yeah. you know, strong women and, and like, I can't, like, that line that we started the podcast with of, like, a yeah. woman's fears are her own, like, yeah. I think it's such a strong sentence and a strong mm-hmm. sentiment, which you may not have expected from what is traditionally, you know, a very kind of misogynistic space for female characters. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot going on and and so kind of appreciate that like like run like running conversation he's having with himself about tradition and and sticking to rules that may not apply everywhere I don't know yeah I'm sure we're gonna see more of it
1: oh yeah for sure
0: and that's it huh that's it that's man it was a good section, even with the yeah. Carian Car- Car- stuff. Yeah. Which, like, who cares? Who cares about the great game? We will
1: have to. Uh,
0: <laughs> he's going to make us care I'm about it. I'm not looking forward to
1: it. <laughs> no, same.
0: It's fine. There's other stuff to look forward to. True. Man, can't wait for more anxiety, though, as we go on. Because that <laughs> seems to be the thing that he's best at.
1: It's so true.
0: And, you know, <laughs> writing the Wheel of Time version of She's All That. Right. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, keep an eye out for future episodes every other Wednesday. Next time we will be talking about chapters 27 to 34. You can find the conversation happening online at hashtag TarValon or
1: bust and thank you big 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 thanks to all of our patreon supporters we have some new ones and of course some of our regulars we want to thank heather j christina m malia h keith sarish g olivia k joshua s caitlin p nicholas e michelle s michelle d danae destination toast cat jericho saber bouquet Thomas, Elizabeth, Emily, Evans, Ola, Julia, Matthew, and Brian. And if you would like to support us, we always appreciate it. Our level starts at a dollar and ends at a dollar. One dollar. <laughs> you can find more at Patreon.com/slash TarvallannerBus. We're basically just paying the hosting fees, um, but we might do some fun stuff in there from time to time.
0: Uh, and a big thank you to Brian Dunn, fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with
1: two N's. And if you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review or a rating or whatever on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other folks to find the show. We super appreciate it. Uh, and in between shows, you can find us on social media and other podcasts. Preethi, where are you? Uh,
0: you can find me on Desi Geek Girls, which is a South Asian uh, American pop culture podcast where right now we're kind of just talking about WandaVision and, um, And also I'm like what am I supposed to tell you guys about? Oh I am doing a seminar if you are in if you're a writer and you're interested in fandom as a gateway to writing. I'm doing a seminar for wordsmith workshops on Monday February 22nd. It's only 10 bucks um it's at 8 p.m but if you can't make it they record it so you can watch it later you can go to wordsmithworkshops.com to find out more but basically i'm going to be talking about writing for marvel and star wars and that kind of stuff uh and you can find me on social mostly on twitter at run with skizzers that's run with s-k-i-z-z-e-r-s, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S.
1: You can find me mainly on Instagram in terms of social. It's I am Jen I R L. That's I A M J E N N I R L. And I'm also on two podcasts for Book Riot, uh, Get Booked and yeah And you can go to bookriot.com slash listen for more details about that. And we finally have an <laughs> outro thank you to nicholas e for repeatedly reminding of us <laughs> and coming up with such a good one all right are you ready here we go do this it. episode what oh, sorry it? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is not the ending there are neither beginnings nor endings to the wheel of time but it is an ending okay bye <laughs>